this is just a test for pop filters and levels and all that good shit. I guess we're gonna get started here. Let's go. Alright, so this is uh, kind of a new thing that I'm gonna try out here. Just kind of rant and rave about shit. Like I'm uh, recording, recording the audio here. I'm thinking about possibly doing some type of uh, podcast maybe. I mean, I know uh, me and Bruce and Brandon, we were all talking about doing a, doing a car podcast and we still might. Um, so I kind of want to stay away from cars, obviously, because we've got we've got already got a podcast possibly in the works to talk about cars so i'm thinking more along the lines of just me ranting about shit because that's how it used to be like uh you know back when i had my blog up and running i would just randomly rant about shit nobody ever really read that nobody ever paid attention which is cool i mean i guess there were people probably that were on facebook that would maybe read it would see a post or somebody on twitter would see it and post and you know that's fine and all but, uh, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of shit that I can rant and rave about. And maybe people would find that interesting. Maybe people would, you know, enjoy listening to that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I guess to start with, there's the news I got not too long ago that, uh, my dad was, uh, diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And, um, that's been weighing heavy real heavy the last few weeks and um the news kind of came about I was I was at work I was working from home it was a Wednesday and I was in the middle of a conference call I was just you know doing work stuff we were looking at some looking at some stuff and um my mom calls me and usually usually when mom calls it's you know, something about plans later or, you know, what, what, what am I doing after I get out of work? You know, do we want to do lunch or dinner or something like that? And, uh, so I text her back real quick and I'm like, can't talk, you know, I'm at work, I'm in a conference call, I can't do anything. And she responded in all caps, you know, call ASAP exclamation mark. And that was, that was kind of when I first knew that something was up because usually she doesn't she doesn't act she doesn't say stuff like that over text so i had a feeling that something serious had happened and i knew they were going to the doctors that day so i quickly bowed out of the conference call obviously because i had a feeling something was up i knew something was up like my dad's been he'd been kind of going through some some health health related stuff like a little bit of concerns here and there nothing that you would like go to the doctor for or maybe not even necessarily like think to do something about just like mild discomfort or something like that. So he, um, he went to the doctors for some hernias that he had. He was concerned about those and they, they ended up doing some blood work and the blood work came back bad and the doctor had them come in like ahead of time, like quick, like you guys need to be here so they did and um that was when he told broke him the news like you have pancreatic cancer like the, the blood work came back the blood work came back in such a way where it was guaranteed more or less there's certain certain markers in the blood and that's uh that's where they were at 
and that kind of threw everything into turmoil and you know i left work early because uh, they were they were in no no position to drive after hearing that kind of news so i brought them out to syracuse and you know they we went through a whole bunch of rigmarole there and a whole bunch of whole bunch of stuff and it's just been going nonstop. and i can't imagine what my mom's going through because she she lives it day in and day out i mean i'm living it for a little bit every day like maybe eight hours a day eight hours i'm at work and that has my undivided attention then there's eight hours of sleep and eight hours of everything else and uh it ain't easy you know hearing that kind of news about your dad and you know what's going on there and the thoughts of you know where do we go from here how long does he have you know is he gonna die a month from now is he gonna die a year from now and you got to tell yourself, you know, don't, don't look at the prognosis. Don't look at the, you know, the, the percentage for five-year survival rates. Don't look at that shit because that's just depressing. That's just straight up depressing, which I did. I looked at it, obviously. Otherwise, I wouldn't know. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's been a lot, a lot over the last, God, it's almost been a month now since we found out. And, I mean, he's he goes through his moments of, you know, being in good spirits, and he goes through his moments of being in bad and, you know, not, not being in good spirits, which sucks. It sucks seeing him like that. I mean, I'm going to be turning 33 this year, and I've never seen him, never seen him like this, you know. He's always been kind of the, the, the rock, you know. He's always been lighthearted and humorous. He's got the sense of humor that I've got. And it's... um it's it's rough it's beyond rough um when i think about it if i'm distracted if i'm doing something else if i've got my mind on something else then it's it's a little bit of a different story but so there's there's been things have been in a weird place for the last like month anyway and um so there's been that i set up a gofundme for him um not for the donations like i i had it in my head because i know my dad and i know that he's he's got a lot of connections out there he's he's talked to a lot of people he's got a lot of friends he's got people that he's you know he's had relationships with outside you know outside the family friends um colleagues people having to do with his jeep and people having to do with his trains and he goes to all of the you know um garage sales and estate sales and he, he knows everybody we can't go anywhere without him knowing somebody and obviously we had posted on facebook the news you know with with the family and everything like that so family was aware um the ones that we hadn't even necessarily called but nobody else knew and my parents they were they were of the mentality they were like let's not make a big deal about it like we don't we don't need the money like they have we have good insurance you know we're not hurting for money you know the co-pays any of that stuff not going to be a big deal so i told them i said let's set up a gofundme and we can use it to share updates with people people can follow it they can you know donate if they want to like by no means is it expected by no means are we begging for money but just a place to you know if you feel the goodness in your heart or you feel like he's had an impact on you, donate a little bit. 
and I was I set the goal at a grand. I was like, this is this isn't gonna be anything. It's just gonna be it'll be nice, you know, maybe we'll get a few donations, maybe it'll cover cover gas out to out to Syracuse or to doctor's appointments, stuff like that, just to give them a little bit of a cushion in case they need it. But you know, after the for the first twenty four hours it, it kinda it blew up. And um that first that first day that I went over there and I saw when we were we were looking going through the list of people that had donated and you know some of them were my friends people that I've known for years people that I went to school with or went to elementary school with or um old co-workers um I know there were some of those um old managers from other from old jobs and, you know, so my parents knew new family members that had donated, but they didn't know any of the people that I knew. And we were going through, going through, and I was telling them who everybody was. And they just started tearing up. And it made me tear up. And so we're, we're you know, we're crying around the dining room table because it's the amount of outpour of support for all of us during all of this has just been unbelievable. And it's hard to, it's really hard to put into words because I'm not, I'm not that kind of person. And I think anybody that really knows me knows that, that I'm not, I'm not the type to necessarily be really expressive with how I feel about things. Like I'm really good at keeping that in and maybe that's not a good thing. Maybe that's not a healthy thing. Maybe that's something that we should talk about later. Um, but <sighs> seeing seeing them that emotional and telling them you know this person i haven't seen in 10 years you know i haven't i haven't talked to this person in you know one on one face to face or otherwise in 13 years you know and it, and it blows their mind and and they tell me that you know that that's just that's just how you are like that's that's a testament to you know how people see you and I and I don't see it that way you know I think people are just being gracious and that's and that's fantastic and much appreciated and it's it's just uh, really really humbling to see everybody joining that and reading reading what I what I wrote which I got teary-eyed like five times while I was writing and I mean, now we're, we're almost four times over that goal. And it's, it's really amazing. Even people that I've met once, one of the ones that stands out is, is Kyle Jesus. I, I met him for the first time in Camden. I met him once or twice and just talking about Audis, you know, in, in the middle of a parking lot at a gas station. And then, I mean, there's, co-workers from circuit city you know dan and god one of my one of my old managers from peace inc he he, he gave he gave some money and it's it means a lot more than i think i realized it was going to mean when i set it up and it it's really really great it's it's awesome and it kind of sucks seeing seeing my parents you know crying over stuff like that but it's also it feels good um, to to see them realize, you know, that people people do care, and like I said, the the main point was to 
have a place to post updates. So there's one centralized location because before news was kind of traveling by phone. Like my mom is in no place to be fielding, you know, a lot of information distribution, I guess, so to speak, you know, telling, calling people, keeping them in the loop. So she kind of appointed my aunt Maggie into, into that. So she, she talks to my aunt Maggie and then she, she distributes it from there. And, um, yeah, so that's, that's really been the big thing that's been going on in my life the last month or so now. And it's big and it sucks and it's scary. And it's, we've brought up a lot of topics that it's like, I never thought I was going to be having this conversation, you know, but then again, it is 2020. So I guess that kind of makes sense that this would happen in 2020. Um, stuff like, you know, what's he going to do about all of his guns, you know, his handguns, his rifles and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, no, I need to get, a, I need to get my pistol permit. If I'm going to take those over, take them from him. And, you know, what do we want to do with the Jeep? What are we going to do with that? And I was like, without a question, I'm keeping it <laughs> like this is, this has been your baby for God, probably 20 years now. So we're, we're keeping the Jeep going to keep that, um, all of his trains any anybody that that knows my dad knows that you know lionel the model trains and everything like that has been his passion and it's been his passion for as long as i've been alive so you know you're talking god 70 70 years of collecting he's got the original train that went around the christmas tree when he was a kid and it's like what do you do with all that how do you reconcile that and i told him you know um pick out pick out the stuff that means the most to you and whatever whatever you feel is the most important we're going to keep and obviously my mom she model trains has been my dad's hobby like my mom appreciates his passion for that and can appreciate the time and the effort and the detail that he's put into every all of that but it's not something that you know she wants to hold on to you know and he was and he's they they've we've had these difficult conversations because it's like it feels to me when we're having them like we're talking about that he's going to die tomorrow you know like what are we going to do and it's like he probably has longer than that right he's got to have longer than that but then the question then the question comes you know how soon is too soon or how late is too late to have these conversations so we're keeping I'm keeping the Jeep. I'm going to keep all of his guns because, you know, I've kind of always had a little bit of an interest in in going that far, but not not ever enough to actually go through the the uh the process of getting a pistol permit or buying one. But I've always been kind of interested in that, which is kind of cool. And he's got some some classic classic firearms, you know. He's got an old an old handgun from like 1911 or 1919 or something like that. So we're talking something that's, you know, a hundred years old still works and everything like that so we i need to go do some of that i need to go through the process of getting my pistol permit and the jeep obviously is staying um i mean he's he's turned rent, more wrenches on that than anybody but i mean i've still helped him with it so there's a little there's a, a huge sentimental um aspect of that and i'd like to carry on the tradition of taking that to you know memorial day and stuff like that things that he he took that upon himself to do i kind of want to keep that going kind of as a tradition 
you know, just try to keep keep the things that he found important, keep those going. And uh, obviously the trains, you know, the, the old ones, the ones that mean the most to him, obviously I want to keep. And I mean, he, I think he's got some trains that were passed down from his father. I don't know. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but I would imagine that it is. But at the very least, you know, I'm thinking ahead. I mean, I'm, I'm single. I don't have a girlfriend. I'm not married. I don't have any kids. Um, and you know, there's that, there's that societal aspect that's kind of like in the back of my head where it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, sir, you're 33 years old. It's time to get off the pot or shit, you know? So I got that in the back of my head. It's like, maybe someday, maybe someday that that's going to happen. And, you know, I'll have kids of my own and, you know, I'll want to be able to pass that on to them. And, you know, it's, there's just a lot of thoughts of legacy with this whole thing. Like what kind of legacy has my dad had on everyone, you know, and does, has everyone had a chance to let him know that? you know, cause you don't want, you don't want to be in a situation where you hear somebody's passed away and you just didn't have a chance to let them know how much they meant to you or what kind of impact they had on you or, you know, memories and stuff like that. So I've been, been thinking about like recording, recording conversations with him. Like I recorded one secretly because he was on a roll. He was just like talking about shenanigans that he used to get into with his his close friends when he was my age and I just kind of got my phone out real quick and I put it on record and I kind of set it on the table all kind of stealth like and um just to document it because that's something that needs to be documented should be documented it's something that I want to be able to look on in another 30 years, I want to look back on that to remember him by. Likewise, you know, my kids, someday if I have kids, you know, they're going to want to know what was grandpa like. So I want to have that. I want to have that available to them. But that kind of, that's kind of been where I'm at. Um, I know I also, I put in this video, we're going to, we're going to rant a little bit about online dating. So in the days, the uh, era of COVID here, online dating is like, must have, has got to have blown up. Like I'm, I'm the type and I can, I can be self-retrospective and see where my flaws are, see where my, my strengths are. I can acknowledge the fact that I don't put myself out there for sure I do not I can't go to a bar and hit on a girl and say you know let's meet up for coffee tomorrow like that that's just my that's mind-boggling to me like who who does that who in their right mind can do that you know they say on reddit it's like rule one and rule two you know be attractive rule one be attractive rule two don't be unattractive and I know it's, I mean, the bar scene obviously is dead now because of COVID and online dating, I feel like is the, is the best way to go about finding a relationship. You can, I mean, some people obviously mis misrepresent who they are. They kind of put on a facade, they put on a, you know, a, a face of, you know, this is who I am, but they're not really like that. Or a lot of the times there's guys on there that are out there for one thing. 
just getting some action and that's it. Um, and that's fine. You know, it sucks to be women. I get that. It totally sucks to be a woman on a dating site because you've got thousands, hundreds, thousands of guys banging down your door, you know, every single day. How the fuck do you filter that? How do you get through that? How do you cut through the noise and, you know, have any chance of finding something that's legitimate? Now, that's how I would imagine it is being a woman on a dating site. Obviously, I can't speak to that, and I'm going kind of going based on what I've read and what I've heard from my own friends. But um, as a guy, it fucking sucks. It truly sucks. And I know there's some there's outliers out there that you know will will tell you up and down like, well, I've had great luck. I've got seven dates set up next week. Like I got a got a different date every week. And that makes sense. Uh, sites like that cater to, you know, a certain personality. And I guess my personality is just it doesn't line up with that. Either I'm not interesting enough or I don't stand out enough. Um, and that's all perfectly fine. That's all fine and dandy. But coming from a guy's point of view, an average, an average guy like yours truly, um, not super attractive, relatively intelligent i'd say i'd like to give myself a little bit of credit on that one a little bit intelligent um good sense of humor i'd say i think i can i'm I'm pretty decent at that um so i mean i'm not i got a good job i got my own place i got i got a car i got two cars you know i can i make a decent decent amount of money i'm pretty decently well off but my problem is i just don't put myself out there in real life I think finding somebody organically makes the most sense, honestly, because in online dating, it's just impossible. Like when there's, when you've got a thousand guys out there, like how do you make yourself look better than a thousand guys? Like how do you get there? And then, I mean, you've got, you've got women that are there. It feels like and I can almost guarantee this is this is this is the truth. There's a lot of women on there that just have no interest in dating. Some of them straight up say it, you know, that they're they're just for friends. And it's like, are you though? Like, why, why would you be on a dating site, a dating app, if you're just looking for friends? That doesn't really make any sense to me. Like, I know what it's there for. I know what the app is for. I know the whole point of it and you're on here looking for friends, you ain't going to find any, honey. (laughs) If we're being honest, you're not going to find anybody on here that's just like, yeah, I want to be your friend. Friends own me, please. I'm asking, I'm begging, I'm begging you. Please, friends own me. But it's difficult being a guy. So, I mean, say, say for instance you actually match with somebody. Now you're not even halfway there. You're not even halfway to meeting this person. So now you match with them. So now there's a, there's an initial interest. You found her attractive, she found you attractive, or she found your profile attractive enough. And okay, now now you got to start the conversation. And for me, this is always the hardest part is that opening conversation. And you know, years ago, I've I've been on dating apps since god, probably 2012, 2013. I think it was after that that big relationship fell apart that that was when I first got on dating sites. 
and the, it's interesting how things have changed from my mentality. I mean, 2013, 2012 would have been nine years ago. Seeing how I've changed in eight or nine years um, also goes into how I go about dating apps. Like back then, it was probably cut and paste. It was a cut and paste opener, you know. Hey, how's it going? I mean, that that doesn't differentiate you. That doesn't it doesn't stand out in the noise because there's a lot of noise on those sites. So, usually, you know, I try to obviously the physical aspect play is an important part, but there's also the profile part. When I'm when I'm looking at somebody's profile, if I find them attractive, then I'm also going to read their profile. And certain things are, are just immediately going to be a pass. Red flags. Um, more than four kids. Going to pass on that. You know, I'm not looking to be a step-in father. I've I played that role once before, and I don't want to do it again. You know, one or two kids, that's fine. That's that's reasonable, I feel like. But if you've got like four four kids, if you've got five, four or five, six kids, like that means you've been having a kid like once per year for half a decade. And that's like that it screams a little bit of irresponsibility to me. And by no means is that is that truthful. And you know, I might get hated on for saying that. But that's what goes on in my head. So I'm gonna pass on that. Like one or two kids, sure. That's fine. I'm not gonna not I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna replace their father. But that's fine. But you have to do a lot of reading into when it comes to online dating. You have to read into things. Like if their profile is filled with um, social media handles like Snapchat, Instagram, stuff like that, probably gonna pass on that one too. Because usually it seems like a lot of the time it's merely attention-seeking. There's really no genuine interest in forging a relationship through these online sites. It's more of a way for them to bolster their self-esteem. And I get that. I get that. Everybody's got self-esteem problems. Everybody's got body image problems. Everybody's second guesses themselves. And social media in and of itself is a highlight reel. And I've, I've said that before. Anybody can look that up social media is a highlight reel you don't post the bad shit you don't post the depressing shit like oh you got fired from your job you don't go out and post that or oh i split up with so-and-so or i'm getting a divorce or so-and-so died or you know i'm broke some people don't post that some people just focus on posting only the good like oh, I got a promotion or I got a new car or check out my house or I'm doing this art, artsy craftsy project this weekend or look what I made and that's fine I mean you gotta you gotta if it's something that interests you if it's something you're passionate about I get it I post way too much shit about my car I know that you know I post that's basically all my social media is nowadays is just me posting shit about my car and that's something i'm interested in but you don't see those those nights you don't see posts about those nights where you're sitting at home alone bored out of your brain you know not just depressed 
just trying to figure out what the fuck you're doing. You don't see that. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you get to the point where you have to reach out and do something about it. And I guess that's kind of what this what this video slash podcast slash whatever the hell is it is that I'm doing. You know, typically I'm a hermit. You know, I'm the type to hang out at home. I sit at home. I do a little bit of this and that. I've got my hobbies that I, I dabble around with. You know, maybe on the weekends I'll go hang out with, with friends. During the week, maybe I'll go to my parents' house. Um, but generally, I'm cool with staying home. I'm cool with at home. I don't need to be everywhere. I don't need to go on a trip. I don't need to constantly be go, 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 like nonstop. I gotta be on the go 100% of the time. Like, that's not me. That's not me. So I'm used to just being at home alone. And that doesn't bother me. That doesn't usually bother me. But around the winter time, I mean, you get the season, you get the seasonal depression, which kind of sucks. Uh, that that hits me kind of hard. Like when the nights, when the days start getting shorter and it's dark out by the time I get out of work, and then there starts to be snow, and then it's cold, and you don't want to go outside. You can't go outside. So you you don't see a lot of posts like that where it's talking about negative shit like that. So it's a highlight reel, and that's that's what a lot of these dating profiles are. They're highlight reels. Like some of these girls, it's like every single picture they've got is framed and lighted by a professional photographer and, you know, they're in Belize or they're in Dubai or they're standing on the Great Wall of China or who, who fucking knows, like any of these different hot spots. And these shots are beautiful, like well done, like props, like yes, you're attractive and yes, where you're at is very attractive and... Everything is absolutely perfect about how you've well, what you're what you're portraying here, but it's not realistic. Maybe it is. Maybe it is realistic, and maybe I'm just being being negative, you know, and being being a cynic about that kind of stuff. But that's not realistic to me, and that's not not a kind of situation or relationship that I don't even want to be involved with. Frankly, like I don't want to be, I don't want to spend half of my year abroad. Like that's just stressful especially with COVID, COVID now, like now you got to worry about getting sick somewhere or spreading it or any of that stuff. It's too much. So a lot of these dating profiles are a hundred percent just like self-esteem factories, you know, they open it up once a day or once or twice a day while they're sitting on the toilet. They open, they fire it up and they look and they're like, Oh, I've got, I've got Tinder gold. I got, 500 people that have swiped right on me I'm doing great I'm doing fantastic you know and that's just that's just a mentality that I'm I steer clear of I don't need that now women people on these sites that have a genuinely written out profile that I'm all for like that is huge you know if you if you're just plugging your your social media I get it. You're advertising. Swipe left. But now, if you're telling me about you know the time your car got broke down in in the suburbs and or who knows you know your car broke down somewhere and so and so came and helped you out and it was it was wicked funnier stories you know telling anecdotes and stuff like that like that's that's what's interesting. Talk to me about what you're passionate about. You know and like I've had. 
I've talked to people. I've talked to people on these sites, and the big the big thing that bugs me is the inability to maintain a conversation. And maybe I'm being too harsh. Like I'll, I'll I'll acknowledge if I'm being off base about something. If somebody comes at me and they're like, "No, you're totally off base," I'll consider it. By no means am I 100% right about 100% of things. But if I'm sitting there holding a conversation, you know, showing genuine interest in you showing genuine interest in you know what you do for work what do you do for hobbies like what are you into you know trying to riff on what you're saying like if you're if you're talking to me about something that you like to do outside of work and I'm like tell me more about that you know like that's wicked interesting like I I had know nothing about that (laughs) you know you know I'm I'm the type that I've got a pretty decent grasp on a lot of things like I I know a little about a lot and I know a lot about a little so I get it but there's still there's so many things like so many fields and professions and and stuff that you can go to school for and it's it, that stuff is crazy to me and I want to know more like I want to expand expand my knowledge and you know if you're you know you explain it but you don't really like I don't know it's weird like if you're not gonna actually tell me about it like what are we doing like tell me more like i want to know more and you know one word responses like that's that's an easy way an easy 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 way to just say well i'm checked out of this on to the next you know it's not hard it's not hard to have a conversation with somebody show genuine interest if they if it's clear that they're expressing interest in subject A, I'll, I'll, I'll push that, you know, I'll, I'll try to expand on that, you know, like, what about it, you know, how long have you been into it, you know, all, all this and that, I try to get them to open up, that's just, like, basic ground building, like, that's what relationships are based on, you know, you gotta know who it is that you're, that you're talking to, you gotta know what makes them tick, like, what they're into, but at the same time, you also need to be honest with them. If you're on a dating site and you're not interested in being in a relationship, you need to be honest with them, honest with that person about that. Uh, one of the girls that I was I was talking to not too long ago, I came to realize that I didn't really see that going anywhere. I didn't see that becoming a serious thing for one reason or another. I was okay with where we were at at the time, hanging out, you know, watching movies, going places, going out, having food, grabbing dinner, um, but nothing that was beyond that, like not putting, not putting a label on things, and I was honest with her, I was honest with her, because it it was kind of eating me up, because I wanted, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't being rash, there's, there's a part of me that's worried that you know, maybe, maybe I do have some type of disorder when it comes to this kind of thing, when it comes to relationships. It's a scary, it's a scary thought. It requires a lot of introspection. And I think, all, all truth be told, I think honestly having that kind of introspection, like wondering if you're crazy means you're not crazy. Like if you have the, the self-awareness, like maybe, maybe you're not handling this in the most healthy way that maybe you are. But I gave it, I gave it a little bit of time, 
you know, I wanted to think about, you know, where we were at, where we were going, what I wanted, where I saw myself in a year, in five years, in, you know, six months or whatever. And honestly, I just didn't see her in it. So I broke, I broke the news to her and things went how you thought, how you would expect, you know, I hurt her, I hurt her. And she was a great, was a nice person. She was a nice girl. She was, you know, passionate about stuff, but she just wasn't, wasn't at the place where I needed her to be. And it's unfair for me to expect somebody to change. You know, you can't expect somebody to change because you're not happy with who they are or what they are or where they're going, where they've been. You can't change somebody. You have to accept them for who they are. And because of that, you know, I told her, I was like, we continue just doing what we're doing or, you know, not, you know, that's entirely up to you. I'm okay with continuing to hang out, you know, finish, finish these movies, you know, keep doing what we're doing. You know, I'm cool with that. I'm not looking... I'm not looking to get married tomorrow, but that didn't jive with what she wanted and, you know, things ended and that's okay. You know, that, that is perfectly fine. You can't put a price on being happy. In my opinion, you cannot put a price on your own happiness. So you have to, if you're, if you're unhappy, you have to do something about it. You don't owe anybody being unhappy if you're unhappy you don't owe that to them you don't owe them your happiness like it's there's too many too many instances where people are unhappy in a relationship and never do anything about it and that could be society society doing that because i mean obviously there's i feel it i mentioned just earlier you know i feel the (laughs) the pressures of society to find myself a girlfriend, get married, you know, have kids, buy a house, all that shit. I feel that, feel those pressures and I don't agree with them. I don't, I don't think it's something that should be as emphasized as it is, especially nowadays. I mean, the the whole point of it being emphasized before was, you know, marriage and it streams from you know, eons ago, thousands of years ago, you know, that women needed to be possessed. Because there was the concern of men that, you know, now that we kind of transitioned from a hunter-gatherer society to having housing and towns and possessions and stuff like that, how do you pan your possessions down? All that work that you've accumulated and um, property that you've owned, where does that go? Obviously, it should go to your kids, but if you're, you know, non-monogamous, like things were back then, how do you know who your kid is? Like who, so you, you lock down the woman, you lock down the mother, you know, and there's, there's a long complicated thing. There's a podcast that I listened to and it made a lot of sense and it, the whole, you know, monogamous deal, I guess, so to speak, I don't necessarily agree with. It's the, I guess, the society pushing that on people. I feel that. Being raised, you know, my entire life. You got to get married. You got to have kids. Blah, blah, blah. There's always that, that pressure to do that. And I think it's perfectly acceptable to not. 
to not do that. If you want to be single for the rest of your life, props. Kudos to you. And, you know, it's kind of a scary prospect when I think about it. You know, if I'm going to be single forever. So, I don't put a lot of weight into it. I've got all my dating apps in a folder called Time Wasters. Because that's what it feels like a lot of the time. Is that I'm just wasting time. If I'm bored, I'll hop on and I'll swipe. Maybe somebody will find my brand of, brand of humor endearing. Or, you know, think that, think that maybe something's there. Who knows? So... I guess I'm going to wrap it up here for a little bit. I've been ranting for about 41 minutes. I'm thinking about making this a regular thing. I think I'm going to look into firing up the podcast. Um, I was thinking about doing a podcast with my dad's ramblings and stories that he's he, he's told us over the years, you know, kind of documenting that kind of stuff. But I don't think it would mean enough to the random random people out there i think that that would mean the most to me to my mom to family and to possible future generations so i think i might do that hard to say i don't know if this is gonna be gonna be a regular thing i think it would be kind of interesting to chop together chop together a real shitty podcast and put it up there so people can listen to it maybe Maybe I'll have people on and do do interviews or something like that. I don't know. It's all up in the air. But I felt like I needed to do something. Sitting around just just being bored. Just ain't gonna do. So if you're listening to this, thanks for sticking through it and listening to the whole thing. Um, stay tuned. Maybe there will be a podcast version of this coming out soon. We'll see. And uh until then, happy 2021. Have a good night.